Timothy chapter 5 and beginning at verse 1. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions too so that no one may be open to blame. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of saints, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. As for younger widows, do not put them on such a list, for when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossipers and busybodies, saying things they ought not to say. So I can counsel younger women to marry, to have children, to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have in fact already turned away to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her family, she should help them and not let the church be burdened with them, so that the church can help those widows who are really in need. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honour, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while he is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Those who sin are to be rebuked publicly, so that others may take warning. I charge you in the sight of God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality, and do nothing out of favoritism. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourselves pure. Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illness. The sins of some men are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, good deeds are obvious, and even those that are not cannot be hidden. This morning we're uh, continuing to, uh, to work through... Uh, the book of Timothy, we've been doing this for quite a few weeks now. We started in, uh, in Timothy uh, chapter 1 and of course we're looking at the church and how it works. We started in uh, Timothy chapter 1 with uh, the church and its message. Um, we, talk, we talked about teaching the truth, preaching the gospel and reaching the goal. In the uh, second week in Timothy chapter 2, we were looking at the church and its members and we talked about the importance of uh, belonging, the importance of praying and the importance of participating. And then in uh, Timothy chapter 3, 
we were thinking about how the church is managed, the church and its management. Um, we were talking about uh, selecting the right people, uh, setting the right example, and serving in the right way. And then if you were with us last week, we were thinking about the church and its minister. And uh, we were saying that a good minister points things out, uh, a good minister sets an example, and a good minister continues to progress. And this week, as, we, as we're coming to near to the end of this series, uh, we're thinking about the church and its ministry. And of course, we're looking in Timothy chapter 5. And the first thing that, uh, that I want to say is that uh, our ministry is about caring for one another. Our ministry is about caring for one another. Paul begins with some advice about the way in which Timothy ought to treat people in the church. And he, he talks about, uh, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. We talked about last week, about you know just the way that we speak to people is so important, isn't it? The way that we talk to people, the words that we use, uh, even the tone that we use, the facial expressions. It's, it's really important that we convey to people uh, that we really care. And Paul says, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So fathers, brothers, mothers, and sisters. Um, Paul is talking about treating people as if they were family. Treating people as if they were part of your own family. And of course this is what it's about, isn't it, church? Um, we've not all got mothers and fathers. We've not all got brothers and sisters. Um, but in the church we have, haven't we? When I went to, to Bible college, um, Susan's parents were horrified at the fact that I was taking their daughter to live in London. They couldn't understand why we couldn't go and train a little bit more locally. And uh, there was, seemed to be a huge distance. Uh, but in the church that we belong to, um, we had people who, who if, if you like, were surrogate mothers and fathers, who really took care of us and looked after us. And uh, treated us as if we were their own children. And we will be forever grateful for that. It really made an impact and a lasting impression. Because somebody showed that motherly and fatherly care for us in what was quite difficult situations for us, away from home and experiencing difficulties in our lives. And uh, we experienced that wonderful care. And of course, that's what we hope that you experience in this church. That you feel that you are cared for, that you're loved, and that you feel that you're part of the family, and you feel that you have people who are like brothers, people who are like sisters, people who are like mothers or grandmothers, or grandparents. And, and Paul wants Timothy to know uh, how he as a young minister needs to treat people and how he needs to teach other people in the church uh, to treat people. Caring for the family of God. So it's really important that we do care for one another. And of course sometimes this means putting ourselves out, doesn't it? It means going the little bit further, going the extra mile. I came across this little uh, story of a man who was in bed with his wife and there was a knock at the door. Um, and he rolled over and he looked at the clock and it was half past three in the morning. He said, I'm not getting out of bed at this time. And uh, he rolled over. But then a louder knock came at the door. 
And his wife said, aren't you going to answer the door? Like wives do. So he drags himself out of bed and he goes downstairs, he opens the door, and there's a man standing at the door. He didn't take the home home along to realise that the man was a little bit less than, uh, than sober. Hi there, slurs the stranger. Can you give me a push? No. Get lost, says the man. It's half past three, I was in bed. And he slams the door in the man's face. He goes back up to bed and he tells his wife what happened. She says, Frank, that wasn't very nice, was it? Remember that night when you broke down in the car in the pouring rain and you had the kids in the back and you, and, uh, you knocked on a stranger's door and asked for help? What would have happened if he'd told you to get lost? But this guy's drunk, says the husband. It doesn't matter, says the wife. He needs our help and it will be the good and Christian thing to do to go down and help him. So the husband gets out of bed again, gets dressed, goes downstairs, opens the door, not being able to see the stranger anywhere, he shouts, Hey, do you still want to push? He hears a voice cry out, Yes, please. So still being able to see the stranger, he shouts out, Well, where are you? The drunk replies, Over here on the swing. <laughs> caring for one another. Caring for one another. It means being prepared, doesn't it, to get out of bed at half past three in the morning, uh, even to push a drunk. <laughs> but it does, doesn't it, you know. Uh, it means knowing people that you can actually ring at half past three in the morning. I don't know if you've got a list of people that you could ring at half past three in the morning if you were facing some tragedy. Uh, are the people that wouldn't mind? Uh, this is what it's about. And Paul tells Timothy that um, <clears throat> when you're rebuking people, don't do it harshly. And sometimes we do have to um, point people in the right direction, is perhaps a kinder way of saying it. But we, we must again do it, not with harsh words, but with kinder words. Uh, there's something about uh, kindness, isn't it? It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Um, and it's something that we need to grow into. Some people are naturally kind, aren't they? Some people, it just seems to come naturally to them that they're, they're generous and kind. For others of us, we have to work at it. Maybe it isn't our immediate reaction. But we need to learn to be as we seek to care for one another. That's what Paul says to Timothy, and that's the first thing I want to point out. That we want to be known as a church that really cares that really goes out of its way to care for people. Secondly, it's about bearing with one another. It's about bearing with on one another. Uh, Paul goes into great detail, doesn't he? Um, about uh, give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. And, and if, you were, you know, if you were doing a daily reading and you came to this bit all about widows and all about the kind of uh, the, the things you needed to, to do, to, to, the position you needed to be in to, to qualify to be on the widows list, you might think, oh, this is totally irrelevant. I'll, I'll just skip over this passage. Um, but Paul's telling Timothy something really important. Uh, Tom Wright says this, writing about this passage, he says, First, if you think that helping someone who is destitute is trivial compared with the abstract doctrinal debates, however important they may be in their own place, something is wrong with the way you're looking at God and the world. Second, the reason Paul is concerned with widows is it's directly related to his whole view of God, Jesus, the church and the world, and it grows immediately out of his most central theological concerns. What Paul is saying to Timothy about widows 
really matters. Because he's talking about uh, people who in Timothy's situation in the church in Ephesus at that time, people who would have been marginalised. If you didn't have a husband, it was a husband that went out and worked and earned the money while the wife stayed at home. So if you didn't have a husband going out earning, um, or you didn't have a family to look after you, um, you would be in a pretty hopeless situation. And Paul says, um, give proper recognition to those widows who are in need. He points out the fact that um, as a, as a as, a, as caring for people, that people have, a, have a, a duty of care to look after their own family. And uh, maybe it's something that needs to be heard in our generation, where, you know, people live in such isolation and very often, um, you know, family isn't on the doorstep. In, in Paul's writing to, in, into a situation where, you know, your family would be living next door to you, if not in the same house as you. And of course we live in a, in a completely different world where families are spread out all over the country, if not even all over the world. And that's why sometimes as a church we have to look out and we have to be those brothers and sisters or, or children to people that are in need. And we have to look out and we need to look out in the church but also in the community about people who are isolated and lonely. And Paul's saying, you know, make sure that the people who are in most need are the people that get the support and the help that they need. So it's about bearing with people in difficult situations. Uh, caring with people and, and bearing with people. And of course, um, <coughs> Paul has this, this list, no widow, maybe puts on the list of widows. And uh, it's an interesting criteria, isn't it? I wonder how many uh, of us... Um, would, would kind of fit this criteria. No widow may be put on the list unless she's over 60. Uh, well, that counts me out, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm well below 60, obviously. Uh, has been faithful to her husband. Is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints. I'm sure that's something you do on a regular uh, occurrence. Helping those in trouble and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. Otherwise, you don't get on the list, Paul says. Uh, so quite a strict criteria. Now I don't know if everybody knows this, but we do have uh, a widow's list. Although we don't call it a widow's list, we call it caring for all. And uh, in, our, in our pastoral uh, care of the church, uh, every single person that attends this church is on a, a pastoral care list. And you have actually somebody who's pastorally trying to keep an eye on you. It may be just trying to uh, check up if you're not here on a Sunday morning and finding out if you're okay. But we have a list and you're on it. And you qualify. Uh, because we care about you. And uh, I think the list is up in, is it, is it, is it, yeah, it's up in, the, in the vestry. So if you don't know whose list you're on, you can have a look. It's, it's not, there's no great secret about it. You can have a look and see who's, whose list you're on and you can uh, make that connection with the person. But we have this pastoral team uh, that tries to care for people. And, and the pastoral team does all sorts of other things, arranging uh, visiting people, arranging meals for people and all sorts of things. Because we want to demonstrate uh, that we care, but we also bear with people when they're going through uh, difficult times. And although it may seem... Uh, to us, that this, that this passage is, is it kind of goes into all sorts of details and, and uh, instructions uh, that we might not want to apply. The, the, the basic principle there about looking out for those people who are in most need in our congregation, in our community, 
and trying to be with them, trying to minister to them. And this is the ministry of the church. We're thinking about the church and how it works. And the ministry of the church is about caring for people and it's about bearing with people. So if, if you're in a situation, you know, and you feel that you need help, uh, there is a pastoral team. Uh, and if you speak to myself or to Roz, uh, who heads up the pastoral team, you know, uh, she will tell you more about it. You might want to be part of the pastoral team. You might feel that you have some time or some gifts or some abilities that you can use to help other people in the church and in the community. Again, uh, we're always looking for, for additional people. There's always lots of needs and uh, sometimes we can't, we can't meet all the needs because there's so many needs. So if you've got a few hours or if you've got some time spare, we'd love you to be part of that pastoral team if that's where you feel that God is leaving you. So uh, we have a list. Uh, it's not a widow's list. It's just a list of everybody because we want to show uh, that we care and we want to be with people when they're going through difficult times. Lum Baptist Church, uh, caring for all. Um, make a note of it and just think about it and, uh, and pray for people on the list. And then thirdly, it's about sharing with one another. The, the, the fact that um, we care and we bear, uh, it means we share who we are with one another. And uh, Paul in, in particular um, talks about the fact that, that we share our financial uh, money with one another. And he talks about the elder who directs the affairs of the church well are well worthy of double the honour, especially those whose work is teaching and preaching. I like the, the way the Good News version puts it. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. The elders who do, do good work as leaders should be considered worthy of receiving double pay, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. I don't know if you're listening, Tom. Uh, might be a word for you there, I don't know. Just measure it and, and weigh it. Uh, bring it to the church meeting if you feel that that's something you ought to do. Uh, obviously I'm only joking, folks. I'm only joking. Uh, but we, part of this series is, is explaining to people how church works. And of course church works because, um, for one reason, church works is because uh, every now and again you'll have noticed uh, in, our, in our service that we come round and uh, we kind of put an offering plate in front of you and some people put some money in. And, uh, and what we're doing there is we, we're sharing what God has given us and contributing and that money goes to the running of the church. We, the church doesn't receive any other money other than the, the money that's given by you good people. And uh, the minister's paid, the, the, the manse is provided, the, the, the building is, is run and all different ministries and children's work and youth work we've done. It's all funded uh, by the money that goes into the offering week by week and we thank you. Uh, and we're grateful for the fact that people are so generous. But it's important to know that this is how the church works. And uh, of course the biggest... Uh, amount of money in any organisation is the salaries that are paid to people. And uh, a minister, a Baptist minister isn't paid a salary, I don't know if you know this. A Baptist minister's uh, paid what they call a stipend, which is uh, a funny word really. And uh, I looked up what, uh, what it meant, and uh, this is one uh, definition of, it, of, of a stipend. It's often distinct from a wage or salary because it does not necessarily uh, represent payment for work performed. Instead it, instead, it represents a payment that enables somebody to be exempt partly or wholly from waged or salaried employment in order to undertake a role that is normally unpaid. 
e.g. a magistrate or a voluntary or a member of the clergy. Just Google that and that was the, uh, the, the uh, definition of a stipend. And uh, basically, uh, what I'm doing, what you're enabling me to do when, when you pay me a stipend is, is to do something uh, that you're doing on a part-time basis because um, the church is full of volunteers. We all volunteer and we all work together. And uh, this church has decided uh, to call me as the pastor and to give me a stipend to enable me to do full-time uh, what you do part-time. And this is how the church works. And Paul reminds Timothy to, to instruct the church that it's important um, that in the area of, of giving that the church is, is aware that the idea of sharing what we have is a fundamental part of, of, of what it means to be in a church, just like in a family. Uh, as we were talking about earlier, you know, we share everything in the family and it's the same in the church. In the early church, in, at the beginning, in Acts, um, you, you can read about how the, the early church organised itself and, and what they did was they just um, shared everything that they had. In Acts, in Acts chapter 2, it, it talks about the fact that, um, that the, the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Everyone was filled in awe. Many wonders and signs uh, were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and good they gave to anyone as he had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number each day those who had been saved. It's this idea... Of, of sharing together of what we have and who we are as a people of God. And the church works because uh, we do share uh, what we have with God and it is an important part and I'm sure uh, Tom will be very pleased to have anybody to hear. There's one of the ways that we can share is, is, by, uh, is by agreeing to, to sign up for, uh, for the tax thing so that you do get some money back if you're a taxpayer and you can speak to Tom about that. I'm sure he'd be glad and it's a way that the church can increase uh, the money that it receives each month because um, what we're doing is important. And the way that we care for one another is important. And the only reason we can do that is because of the generosity of the people of God. And we're grateful for that. And so it's about uh, caring for one another. It's about uh, bearing with one another. And it's about sharing with one another. And uh, this is what the ministry of Christ is about. And uh, as I've said before, I'm not the only minister in this church. Uh, the ministry of the church uh, involves lots of people and uh, there's loads of people here this morning who are involved in one way in ministry and in serving the church and uh, later on in the year we're going to be doing something where we, we uh, explore further uh, the gifts and the abilities of people at the moment in the diaconate we're going through the process of uh, identifying particular roles for the deacons and uh, the deacons are, 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 are looking at where they feel their gifting and calling and their heart is. And we're going to be doing something of that with, uh, with the church uh, members and congregation later on in the year. To help people discover where their ministry is in the church. Because everybody's got a part to play. And the church works best when everybody plays their part in the church. Paul says that in lots of places. And here in Timothy he talks about the importance... Of 
being involved in the ministry of the church. And that involves caring for one another, it involves bearing with one another, and it involves with sharing with one another. So let's pray together. And let's pray that we can be a church that doesn't only think about these things, but actually actively does these things. Father God, we thank you uh, that you've called us to be the church that you've called us to this particular church and that you have a role and a place for each one of us. And we pray that we can be a church that really does care, not just for people within the congregation, but also people outside in the community. Let's pray that we can be a church that really does bear with people when they're going through difficult times and is able to offer that love and support and encouragement that people so need. And let's help us to be a generous people, to share who we are and what we have with one another so that the church is built up and grows and develops in the way that you would want it to. And Father God, we want to also show our care for the world that we live in. And we continue to pray for our world. We continue to pray for those places where there are people in need of desperate care. Places that are torn about by conflict and unrest. We continue to pray for the land of Syria. And for other places in the Middle East that are experiencing unrest at this time. We pray for peace in these places. We pray for, for countries that are living with the uncertainty and the unease of the financial crisis that's affecting so many countries in this world. And we pray for good governments, for wisdom for our leaders and leaders of other countries in, in how they share the commonwealth of their country. And we pray especially for those in most need. Very often people on benefits are looked down on and are they're despised of our community. But we pray for people who are struggling. Maybe people in our own community, people in towns and cities, people struggling to make ends meet. We pray that as a country we will be fair with the wealth that we have. And Father God, we also want to pray for people that are in physical need. People who are struggling with illnesses. People who aren't able to be here this morning because they're not well and we pray for them. And we continue to pray for those people who are grieving. Father God, would you be close to them? Would you help us to bear with them? And Father God, we, as we look to the future, we want to pray for our community. As we try to reach out into our community, we pray for our local school, for the local businesses, for the people that live around us. As we try to reach out and care for them, lead us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.